0: G'day, yeah, night, Hans. What's good work? Chris to here with Birdie's Alex for another edition of the weekly wrestling wrap. Uh, I guess monthly wrestling wrap after a <laughs> break. Uh, how are you, Alex?
1: I am fandibdily-abulous, mate. I am doing great. Um, yeah, uh, like, you've had to take a step back, hang out with family, which is all well and good. We all deserve a break from time to time. And, yeah, it's really recharged my batteries. Recorded a new episode of the Smack It Down podcast a couple of days ago. I don't know why it's not up yet. Because it was a preview for Double or Nothing. So when it gets released, it's going to be incredibly outdated and make us all sound like idiots. Um,
0: yeah, well, uh, speaking of incredibly dated, remember the last time we talked? I think it was a couple of days after Dakota Kai had been released.
1: Oh, really? Wow. Oh, my God. So
0: what's been going on in the world of wrestling news
1: that's the um that was the same class that bivens got released in wasn't
0: it yes we'll talk about uh in a moment
1: <laughs>
2: Shit.
0: <laughs> yeah kind of the only uh show we're going to go over in detail here's the pay-per-view but uh what's been going on in the world of wrestling uh let's see um <laughs> well uh Kota and New Japan are at odds for various reasons. Uh, anything yeah. we really want to get into there?
1: I, I don't fully understand what it is because Google Translate is horrible. Um, yeah, it's a lot of... Like, I've tried to, like, translate it with the translate button on Twitter, like a lot of his tweets, and, like, a lot of it makes no sense, so... There's something lost in translation there. Um, yeah, from, yeah, go from on.
0: what I can gather, uh, one of his family members attempted suicide and then the office wanted him to come back straight away for New Japan Cup, and that's sort of where the, the rift happened. Yeah. But again, it is going through like so many layers of translation uh, for the Western media especially, so... We don't really understand the full details there. Um, I guess, have you been watching any Best of the Super Juniors uh, that's been I going haven't... on with Robbie there?
1: I have not, to be honest. I completely forgot to keep up on it.
0: Um, you know me, I love the little flippy guys, but uh, with family, I uh, kind of took the uh, better part of the month off.
1: Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, Yeah, I would... I will probably go back and check out, like, what sort of matches Robbie had, what sort of matches Willa Yuta had.
0: Yeah, um, it's interesting, because I have been catching at least the Dynamites uh, to catch back up before the pay-per-view. I skipped a few of the Rampages, but I haven't noticed uh, when Regals on commentary then mention anything about Willa Uda being in Best of the Super Juniors.
1: No, there's been absolutely no mention of it. Um, I find it incredibly odd, especially given
0: how much they're promoting Forbidden Door coming up too.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's an odd choice to not at least mention it, but I, I don't know. Maybe they just didn't want to draw any attention to the fact that it's not there at all. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, like, I've seen on Twitter, like, AEW fans have no idea where Wheelie Yuta is. Because, <laughs> like, like, a lot of people don't follow both. So, so yeah, I've seen on Twitter, like, oh, wh- where the hell's Wheelie Yuta? Why isn't he, like, helping all these guys against Jericho and all that?
0: Like, yeah.
1: Oh, uh, kind of busy. Bring up a good,
0: good question when, uh, they're in a, a five man tag on this uh, double or nothing pay per view, and Willie Ute is not mentioned.
1: Well, where the fuck was William Regal, to be honest?
0: Yeah, I suppose we can get there too. Uh, let's see. Other news that's really happened? I'm trying to avoid one big thing. Anything uh, else of, uh, of note that you can think of? Uh,
1: um, the past uh, Sh- Charlotte and Andrade got married. <laughs> Oh <laughs> congratulations, and we can segue that into the announcement that Ric Flair's having one more match one more match, one more match.
0: I'm sure that's what Alex was chanting when he saw Hulkamania running wild down under
1: i I was genuinely pissed that I missed out on that, and oh, I didn't was like, did that no, I didn't, and a big reason of it. Was Big reason for that was what I was like 18 at the time and had bugger all money, but also it was like, Oh, they're advertising on that TV channel one or whatever, run by uh channel 10, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that the, they're gonna air it yeah. on TV, so uh, it's all right, I'll just watch it when it airs on TV, and it never fucking aired
0: because <laughs> uh, Hogan. Hogan never got his full money.
1: Yeah, so they didn't him, brother. Uh brother.
0: Uh, yeah, so Ric Flair having his final match. Rumoured opponent uh, Ricky yeah. the Dreamboat uh, turned down the offer, saying that he'd rather fans remember him for his last match against Jericho at WrestleMania than I wish he had stayed retired. Uh, Well, yeah,
1: his last match was actually against Jericho on, like, Backlash that year or something, and I highly recommend watching it. It holds up. It's so good.
0: Okay. (laughs) Uh, So, other rumoured opponents, uh, this is rumoured to be a six-man tag with FTR in Flair's corner taking on (laughs) the Rock and Roll Express, who just don't seem to ever stop.
1: Well, the Rock and Roll Express are on their final run, too. They've been doing, like, a retirement tour. Oh, are they? Yeah, and it's not Ricky Morton retiring because he says he's still going to wrestle. It's Robert Gibson, so they're doing, like, one final, like, tour together. Okay. And then Ricky Morton wants to focus on, like, teaming with his son, Kerry Morton. So, perhaps that's the third person in the team.
0: What's the uh the old um oh was it the the dreaded Ricky Morton Richard Morton or saying they went with in WCW for a bit yeah
1: yeah Richard Morton oh my God yeah when she, when he finally turned heel and it was just horrendous yeah no nah, it doesn't work I prefer uh, Ricky Cobain and Robert Vetter from the Grunge Rock Express listen to Fugs humans. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh goodness. Um. I suppose. Have you seen the price of this on fight? Because this is promoted as Jim Crockett Promotions presents when it's really Conrad
1: Thompson. Yeah. So uh, I haven't seen the price, but I know that the uh, the Crockett's are involved in like the booking of this show. I know that the plans are to have the original like six oh five like nineteen. 86 set from uh NWA Jim Crockett Promotions is going to like the whole old set they used to have they're going to have JR and Tony Schiavone call it um yeah it's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting um I so, d- go I, on. I don't like I do want to watch it just because I am a huge fan of Jim Crockett promotions and, you know, this is kind of their one-night stand except, like, what, 30-something years later. Uh, So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting because, like, Jim Crockett promotions, unlike WCW, it never got a proper chance to say goodbye. It just sort of, like... One week it was there, next week Ted Turner runs it. And, yeah, yeah oh, I'm genuinely concerned about Ric Flair wrestling, but if it's a six-man tag, yeah, that's they can hide him. They can hide yeah. him for sure. I, I uh, kind of would love the third man to team up with the Rock and Roll Express to be Sting.
0: That's what I was just about to say. Do you think Sting comes out from AEW because they had that last match on Nitro? Uh,
1: I think if if they they need to get like an iconic Ric Flair opponent, and it has to be him, right? It has to be, and he has to come out for one night only. He doesn't have to dye his hair blonde, but he can come out with the colorful face paint on. Rock some surface sting jacket, surface sting tights. It'll be great.
0: Yeah. So, with this package on fight, there is uh, Jim Crockett promotion presents the last match of Ric Flair, uh, Starcast presents the roast of Ric Flair, and Starcast 5. Have a guess how much that is in Australian dollars for those three events.
1: <sighs> I'm going to assume like. 80 bucks
0: for those free events.
1: Knowing Conrad is probably charging out the ass.
0: So you're saying $80 Australian for free events. Probably. Okay. $80 won't even get you one as a standalone. Get $310. I think it was for 200 bike credits.
1: What the fuck? Yep. Um. Uh, no, thank you. I will not be. I will flat out say this. I will not be legally watching this.
0: I think for the so the roast and starcast out of it, just the last match of Ric Flair, about a hundred Australian dollars just for that.
1: <sighs> yeah, get fucked, man.
0: Yeah, oh. the, the pro- I was looking at this and going, "Oh, okay, it's on fight after I finish the pay per view." Like saying, "Oh, what's coming up next?" Uh, to Slamiversary, to do. Oh, Mac doing something with the NWA pay per view. Oh, Rick Flair. Okay, let's see how much this is. Holy shit! No thanks.
1: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, wow. Um, you know what? I would contemplate. I don't. I don't know if Billy Corgan would let it happen, but I would contemplate like Matt Cardona being one of those three on the other side of Flair.
0: So you and have I, the NWA champion in there.
1: Yeah, you got to have the NWA champion on a Jim Crockett quote-unquote promoted show. Yeah. Oh
0: boy. Um, I suppose that's all the the sort of easy news. Do we have to get to the, the one article I sort of was avoiding? Um,
1: uh, which one are you talking about? The guy that didn't show up or the females that didn't show up?
0: Uh, let's go to the guy who didn't show up first. Cause that's completely slipped my mind.
1: <laughs> Old MJF. I think it's a massive work. How about you?
0: Yeah. I was going to touch on this more in the, um, uh, the pay-per-view. So it is the uh, the first match on the pay-per-view portion. I was thinking, okay, because the last thing I sort of um heard about from Post and um the Observer before I sort of went offline was, oh, apparently he's booked a plane ticket out. Okay. So I was thinking, you should put this match on late in the show. Have Wardlow build come out anticipation. first. Yeah, have yeah. Wardlow come out first. The fans are just chanting, Wardlow, Wardlow. Okay, and then MJF's music hits, and, you know, it's sort of going on a bit long, and there's no one there, and the fans just start to chant Wardlow louder and louder, and then he walks out, and the fans can either boo or whatever.
1: Or you have Sean Spears sneak attack Wardlow, and we think that MJF's not coming, and then MJF comes out.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. We can get more to the, the match itself, but I do think it's a, a bit of a work. Um, Big on, Let's talk about it. Naomi and Sasha Banks.
1: All right. So I probably have an unpopular opinion. Like, I see a lot of people on the interwebs being like, good for them. Good oh, for the, them.
0: Uh, the Sasha fans are definitely a different breed, brother.
1: Yeah, and it's like, good for them, and yeah, you get it, girl. And it's like, hey, like, this whole situation, like, really validates those rumors about WrestleMania 35 and those rumors that Sasha and Bayley kicked up a stink about dropping the belts to the Iconics, if you remember that. Um. And then, you know, later that same year, Sasha takes a leave of absence, like, goes to Japan. Like, the rumors were that she was going to leave the company. She eventually came back. But, I don't know, this is like the third instance of Sasha being somewhat difficult. And... I don't know, like maybe if this was a one-off thing I would be a little bit more sympathetic to Sasha but we're now at the point where it's like oh, this has happened quite a few times she's probably a pain in the ass to work with.
0: Yeah, so my my view on this is the reason they gave seems to be it was an issue with the booking. So regardless of um, them feeling unsafe with whatever competitors, I think the only one who hasn't interacted before was Naomi and Bianca and Sasha and Ronda. So unless they felt unsafe about those two matches, which is a completely topic I've not heard anyone bring up. Yeah. Okay. Um, so here's what the match was. It was a six-pack challenge for the Raw number one contendership. Asuka? Do Drop, Nikki A.S.H., yeah. yep. Naomi, and Sasha Banks. Naomi and Sasha Banks are the women's tag team champions. It was reported that Naomi is going to win and challenge for the Raw championship at the pay-per-view. Then Sasha was going to have something happen on SmackDown and challenge Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, but in the past, has a world champion not had a tag team champion challenge them at points? Or at least had a tag team match where the tag team champ has pinned a world champ for a title shot?
1: I'm sure it's happened. Positive it's happened.
0: I was thinking more back in the um, the territory days, would promoters do that a lot when they wanted to um, do a program on sort of short notice?
1: In the territories, no way. Okay. Yeah, because in the territories, it was like, you're a tag team or you're you're a singles, and there was barely any mingling. And and that's the correct way to do it, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, there's absolutely no reason for Sasha and Naomi to be involved in this, because in theory, the women's tag titles should mean just as much as the singles titles. But they don't. In theory, but they don't. Yeah.
0: Uh, So here's my issue with this. I'm sort of on the same page as Alex here. I don't agree with the walkout. So you're going to say you want to make these titles more prestigious. And instead of having a red hot match as a singles competitor, holding tag team gold against a singles champion, and maybe not quite getting the win, but, you know, going the distance, having a good match, getting over and losing, you know, because that can happen. Yes. You walk out. Now, here's some of the shit that women have stayed through in maybe the past two or three years that hasn't caused them to walk out. Lacey Evans making out with Ric Flair and Charlotte walking in. (laughs) Um, Charlotte. A few years ago, saying stuff about Reed.
1: Yeah. My God.
0: Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, Tony Storm was on the AEW podcast, said the uh, planned angle with her and Charlotte was for Charlotte to remove her top and expose her bra. <sighs> Instead, creative decided to change it to a pine in the face because they're PG. But Tony was like, you want to take my top off? Yeah, OK, I'm a team player. So she didn't walk out because of that. Yeah. Um. Let's see, what's some of the other stupid shit the women have gone through? And a lot of this is also non-championship matches. Yeah. Is there anything that springs to mind for you?
1: Do I doubt anyone even remembers this because this is from, like, smack bang in the middle of the performance centre era of the pandemic. But do we all remember when Retribution was a thing, and Reckoning slash Maya Yim was involved in a match and had a seizure in the middle of the ring?
0: No, I don't remember that, but...
1: (laughs) (laughs) And and it was like, never explained ever again what happened. She just convulsed in the middle of the ring, and then, like... Ali and all that just sort of like carried her out and the commentators did like serious voice and it was never explained again. And I don't think we ever saw her again. <laughs> um, Not so as a uh, guess it, it,
0: right? No.
1: No. I guess in theory, like she had a seizure that killed her. <laughs> in kayfabe, yes. Yeah. In kayfabe, I guess like she had a seizure, she died. And, yeah, uh, the reincarnation of said Reckoning was me Yim showing up at Impact. Um, but, oh, my God, um, yeah, there's so many stupid things we could go through, like... Bianca Belair
0: losing in six seconds at SummerSlam to an unnamed, unadvertised opponent.
1: <laughs> How about this? Spending six weeks on uh, vignettes of Alexa Bliss in a psychiatrist's office in a psychiatrist's office saying that she's going to get better and then she finally comes back as the exact same gimmick she was before she went to the psychiatrist's office and loses at the elimination chamber and then we don't see her for another three, four months.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a yeah, good one. Th-
1: there's another one. <laughs> um Actually, you can just say Alexa Bliss.
0: Yeah, the past this... two years of Alexa Bliss.
1: Yeah, you can flat out just say that. Uh, gosh, oh. let's think. Um, my God, anything involving Nia Jax. <laughs> yeah. um, the Shayna booking Baszler.
0: There, Shayna Baszler's book. The stop start. She's a. Uh, she's like wwe's gato she gets her rub around royal rumble and then just disappears for the rest of the year
1: my god um lana before she got fired oh yes remember which the booking of lana every week gets put through a table with absolutely no payoff this is
0: going to lead to a tables match at wrestlemania and she's going to win the titles
1: the payoff for that was that there was Three people left in a Survivor Series match. Two people got disqualified and she was the last ma- last person standing, wasn't it? <laughs> disqualified
0: or counted out, I can't remember. But yeah, she won by a fluke, not getting in the match at all.
1: Yeah, and that was the big payoff of her getting her ass kicked every week was her doing nothing to win a match. um, And she never walked out. <laughs> When she was taking uh, unnecessarily dangerous, like, table bumps every week with a known stiff worker, Nia Jax. Like, my God. Um
0: that um, the stuff that um Ruby Soho went through while she was there?
1: Yeah, uh, the general booking of Liv Morgan, the general oh, call... The general call-up of Rhea Ripley, like, I think she's going to be all right now, now that she's got black hair and she's with Edge. Now because, that she's like, a heel again? Yeah, and now that she's with Edge, who is generally protected, and rightfully so, so now that she's with him, I think she'll be protected by default, yep. but, uh, <laughs> my God, yeah, just go down the women's roster. And you can uh, find something.
0: Sonya Deville? Oh, shit, yeah. I, I understand they were going to have that hair match with Mandy and then the whole break-in at their home happened. Yeah. But then she sort of got thrown off because Ronda Rousey came in. We've got a real MMA fighter now. Yeah.
1: Um, I, I'm still bummed uh, out we never got the proper blow-off to that Mandy-Sonya thing. I, I get why it didn't happen, but I was really, like, looking forward to seeing Sonia with her head, hair shaved. I thought it would have been badass. Well, now she's
0: uh, she's back wrestling. Maybe when Mandy gets called back up to the main roster, it'll happen, but... Um...
1: <laughs> well, they ca- can't do the same thing now because what they've done to Otis, <laughs> and they can't just flat out do the same story so they'd have to get creative, which is a difficult Judge. task for them. Yeah. Oh
0: man.
1: Um yeah.
0: I I I I heard this statement. They said the tag team titles are so prestigious. And I've gone, in theory they should be.
2: Yeah. But they're booked
0: like trash. They're booked like an afterthought. There is no care in these titles.
1: The most those titles ever meant was when they were on the shoulders of two people holding each singles women's title. When Sasha and Bailey held like the tag titles and the roar and the women's belt. Yeah. The roar and the smackdown belt. Um yeah, like that's the most those tag titles ever meant. Which is <laughs> Not saying much, because in that storyline, those belts barely meant anything. Yeah. It was all about the other belts on the shoulders.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, in closing, I've got, until we hear the full story as well, but Sasha's got a history of walking out and boo-boo face.
1: (laughs) This is different for Naomi, though.
0: Yeah, and nobody's really talking about Naomi, which may be good for her.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. If she does come back.
1: Yeah, I I am curious because like I don't know. What happens every single time someone in well, I guess mar- married into that family now, the Anawai family. What happens whenever someone in the Anawai family does something Wrong off screen, bang they get a title. <laughs> Look at the Usos.
0: Usos every, DUI if, here's a title.
1: Yeah, it happens every time. What happened a week after Naomi walked out on the company? The Usos unified the tag belts. <laughs> somehow, Join every time. <laughs> somehow, every time someone in that family fucks up, the Usos win a tag title. <laughs> like, wh- what is up with that? Like, oh, tomorrow Dwayne Johnson's gonna bloody get caught sending their dick pic to the wrong person. Bang, the Usos are somehow AEW tag champs.
0: <laughs> uh, hey, I, w- I wouldn't be opposed to that. Uh, that's a real forbidden door. I want to see.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, like oh, <laughs> R- Rikishi said something really disgusting online. Bang, NXT UK Tag Champs, the
0: Hey, at least in those belts would be on somebody I know. Yeah. Do you even, without looking up, do you even know who they're
1: on at the moment? No idea, mate. I know one tag team there. Is it on Mustache Mountain? Um, I can have a
0: look. If it's
1: not on Mustache Mountain, I have no idea who it's on. So
0: yeah um for me i don't feel that sympathetic towards sasha and like i, I don't wish anything ill of her but no at the um at the same time it's like it has happened before where that. and here's the thing too it's not only the women's division that's had shit booked towards them and then they've come back and done this like the men have too. Sammy Zayn was put in an electric chair before a Saudi, uh, Saudi Arabia pay per view. Oh
1: my God, yeah.
0: Uh, Stephanie saying dismemberment. Oh, I can't remember who she said it to. It might have been Brock or someone.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I remember or Seth something. Seth or
0: someone. It was a paper, uh, in the title picture. Dismemberment is a corporate liability. Yeah. Um, it is Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter who defeated Mustache Mountain.
2: Uh, Ashton on April Smith 23rd. and
1: Oliver Carter. Fucking random name generator strikes again. Perhaps.
0: At least no more does Heritage Cup champion Alicia Fawkes would
1: be proud. Oh my god. Um, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, like. I don't know if Sasha's worth the trouble, <laughs> honestly. And I've, I've
0: seen a lot of people saying, "Oh, she can be released and be Mercedes," I'm whatever what her last name is, uh, like her birth name is, in AEW. And I'm like, no, I don't think she's worth the trouble. No, I don't no. think what? she's worth the trouble at all of having her in AEW or Impact.
1: But also, I will say. WWE have completely mismanaged her in a sense that she's in a fucking Star Wars show. And have they mentioned it once? Remember when Batista said he was going to do
0: Guardians of the Galaxy and they said, oh, I don't know if this comic book shit's going to work out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, oh my god. And then they're like, oh, here's Drax, and
0: oh, he's in the new Bond, and oh, he's here to promote his new film, Stuba.
1: Actually, <laughs> completely off topic, but kind of, um, <laughs> but kind of on topic, speaking of comic book TV shows and wrestlers, did you see the trailer for the She-Hulk TV series that dropped? No. So, um, in that trailer, there is a brief cameo by David Otunga. Really? (laughs) Yes. Oh, David Otunga. um, Nexus's own David Otunga. (laughs) Yeah, uh, very. Falling
0: in the role of a other Nexus member, John Cena.
1: (laughs) He fucking held tag belts with John Cena.
0: See, he <laughs> picked up what I was putting down, sir.
1: I, I fucking, I will <laughs> never forget it because he they beat Cody Rhodes and Drew McIntyre. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I'll ring up Warwick so he can get mad. My God, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I I fucking trolled Warwick hard this morning. I. Was, so I've spent the last day working on learning how to play Cody Rhodes' theme song on the guitar and singing it. And I sent him a message and I'm not good at singing. Oh, that is not my thing. But the fact that I'm shit at singing made it work so much better. Now I sent him a a video, and I said, Oh, check out this awesome Drew McIntyre video I found online. And it's like 10, 15 seconds of like this Drew McIntyre music video I found on YouTube. And then it just outright cuts to me singing Cody Rhodes' theme song on the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Is it you who put it up there? Uh, no, no, I was like found a random video on YouTube, screen recorded it on my iPhone. And ah. filmed myself playing guitar. <laughs> and yeah, I sent it to him in a group chat and he's like, you're a knob. But also <laughs> that was amazing. Thank you. How many <laughs> wrestling fans can you play on guitar? Oof. Uh, probably a
0: fair few. <laughs> Let's see. Can you play the Sandman's? <laughs>
1: oh, of course I can. Yeah, of this is completely impromptu,
0: by the way. I didn't realise you had your guitar with you. Oh,
1: I always have the guitar right next to the laptop.
0: Oh goodness! Well, there you go. You get a bit of entertainment.
1: Yeah, there um, you go, humans.
0: <laughs> okay, I suppose that's uh, everything. Um, week two, still no Sasha. What time's yeah. Raw start, actually?
1: Uh, about 58 minutes ago. So now the humans know we're recording at 10:58 on a Tuesday.
0: <laughs> I, I keep forgetting if it's 10 or 11 I'll just start up afterwards. Um so should we get to AEW? Oh
1: my god, yeah. Fuck, well, we're 36 minutes in and we haven't talked about the one thing we wanted to talk <laughs> about. <laughs> There's been a bit of news. It's been a while. Yeah, be somehow odd. tangented onto me playing guitar. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, and I've had zero beers. Yeah, no. This is this is a Tuesday morning, humans. We are dead sober.
0: Yes, I'm not hungover at all. Anyhow, um, <laughs> Forbidden Door. Like, I'm excited to see what happens with that. I have seen a few fans like sort of speculate what's going to happen with the women. And are they going to just have a couple of AEW versus AEW women's matches on here? or? does
1: um, have someone that... versus Maki Ito. That'll do.
0: Yeah, because yeah, I remember us talking about this last time, I think, after it just got announced. And you said it's around the same time as a stardom, like a big stardom event in Japan. Yeah. So that's uh, a bit unfortunate. But should we get to a double or nothing?
1: Let's... Do this?
0: (laughs) So coming to you from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, uh, where is WWE moving Money in the Bank from to a arena? They're moving it from the uh, Raiders Stadium in Las Vegas. What arena are they going to?
1: Um, Hang on. You've put me on the spot here. But I am talking to fill in time as I quickly Google this. The MGM Grand Arena, which, as the humans may or may not remember, is the arena the first Double or Nothing took place in.
0: Yes, indeed. So this one uh, coming from the T-Mobile Arena, uh, which does host a lot of the uh, UFC events.
1: Yeah, um, big big move by AEW to move up to the T-Mobile arena and be able to, I think they sold it out or pretty close to it sold it out.
0: Yeah, yeah. It looked like it was uh, really full.
1: Yeah, and it was on record the biggest gate that AEW has ever had over one point. uh, I watched the post- Me The post-show Media Scrum, I've watched them every pay-per-view for AEW because they're actually fascinating. And Tony Khan said, like, $1.2 million gate.
0: Jeez, that is good.
1: Yes. And it's
0: their first time uh, with Double or Nothing back in Las Vegas since the pandemic as well.
1: Yes. um, So good to have Double or Nothing where it is meant to be. Uh, yeah. I'll give it two years until they get to be able to do it at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas.
0: How many give... does that stadium hold? Do you know off the top of your head?
1: I think it's like a 75,000 capacity. I'll give it two years until AEW starts doing stadiums.
2: So, uh
0: roughly uh, the capacity for uh, T Mobile is 20,000. So you're thinking reduce that maybe 17,000 uh, with the setup and everything?
1: Mm. Allegiant wow. Stadium capacity is 65,000. So you'd probably do about 50,000 in a wrestling setup.
0: Uh, that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. That would be impressive. I wanna yeah, see I, I wanna see um what's the one they normally do in Chicago? All out. I wanna see all out on Wrigley Field.
1: Yeah, uh, Punks. Sam Punk's talked <laughs> about that so often and well not diving into the main event yet, but considering who's the champ now, they've probably got a better chance of doing it.
0: Yeah. Um and go back listen to the first <laughs> Year of Fugs when I did SummerSlam from Wrigley Field.
1: Yes, oh yes, oh man. I I might go back and listen to the first year and a bit of Fugs, and I think all the humans should too. Yes,
0: indeed. Okay, so we get to the event itself. On commentary is uh the regular team of Jim Ross, Tony shabani Excalibur, Taz joining for the pre-show and the tag team title match. And then special guest commentator from Ring of Honor, Caprice Coleman, for the Young Bucks and Hardys match.
1: Yes. Um, um, Caprice did great, by the way. Oh, <laughs> he yes. was fantastic.
0: He, I think he was on during the um, FTR turn top event on Dynamite a few weeks ago. It
1: was last week's one, FTR versus... Um... Best friend, ah, uh, not best friends. Rapongi Vice, Vice.
0: Yeah, yeah, love me some Rapongi Vice.
1: Yeah, good to hear that theme on Dynamite. It's good to see that Trent's doing that now. Um, they're going full time with Rapongi Vice now instead of the best friends. Feel bad for Chuck Taylor, but this is the best option for Trent.
0: Chuckie T makes free in Rapongi Vice. It says so in the song.
1: Yes, yes, <laughs> but uh, I guess the promo kind of led you to believe it's going to be Trent and Rocky going
0: forward. Oh. I've noticed that uh, AEW sort of uh, removing a lot of their factions and now just sort of focusing on tag teams.
1: Yes. Um, the best friends are pretty much split up. The Dark Order's kind of split up.
0: Yeah, because uh, Stu Grayson has left the company since the last time we spoke, actually.
1: Yes, and apparently Colt Cabana's just gonna be on Ring of Honor full time when that comes back. No word why. on that yet. <coughs> Punk <coughs> Punk. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they they uh, should they should fucking put the ROH belt on Colt Cabana. <laughs> Fuck it. Give him the belt. He deserves it.
0: I'm just trying to remember who the belt's on at the moment. It's still on Gresham, right?
1: Yeah, Gresham.
0: But is he injured? Because I don't really see him that much on AEW.
1: No, he's still going. He's just, yeah, they're just not booking him on AEW.
0: That is so weird because they they took the woman's title off Diana to put it on Mercedes, who's signed with AEW. But Gresham sort of off doing his own thing on the Indies. It's it's just weird to me that they do it for one world title but not the other.
1: Yeah, yeah, very much weird. Yeah.
0: Um. So the pre-show here featured thirty minutes of, uh, what do they call it? Countdown special. Yeah. Did you? Uh. Now I remember. It might have been. Um. Uh, what's their January pay-per-view?
2: Revolution.
1: Uh yeah, I think that's February or March, but Revolution, yeah.
0: yeah. But um I remember saying, Oh, they had three matches on the um, buy-in and that's a good change and I'll have to go and watch the uh, the countdown special next time. So I watched the countdown special this time and they have one match on the buy now. I'm just like be more consistent <laughs> <laughs> One match on the uh, the buy in here as we get to the live per- portion for the last thirty minutes. Hookhausen, Hook, and Danhausen versus Tony Nice and Smart Mark Sterling. Smart Mark in a full body suit for this match. Commentary bringing up how Hook has won all of his matches in under five minutes, or the vast majority of them, very quickly. Yeah. Um, and Hook and Danhausen actually working well as a team here, and Hook gets a- has the win set up. And then on uh, Mark Sterling, Dan Housen calls for the uh, tag, gets the tag, and does the big, like, Hulkamania pose over Mark Sterling for the pin. One, two, three. Hookhausen wins their tag match.
1: Yeah, that was great. That was exactly the finish it needed to be. I'm a bit worried because we all know I'm a smart Mark Mark. And. Uh, especially because this is the producer of the major wrestling figure podcast. And, um, yeah, I'm really worried because this pay-per-view felt like a complete write-off of Smart Mark Sterling. And we'll get there.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get there shortly. But uh, good, good buy-in match.
1: Yeah, Not great
0: probably the my choice I would have put on the buy-in.
1: No, um, no
0: i would have gone for the um the trios match the house of black against death triangle as my buy-in match or maybe kyle and darby yeah that was promoted on such short notice as the buy-in match but um
1: maybe even the intergender six, six person tag maybe
0: yeah um yeah i thought this this was a really good fun match uh and, uh, yeah, the only other thing I want to bring up on the uh, the buy-in, which is more so on the Countdown special, they had Mark Henry talk a lot about um, Owen Hart, of course, this being the night when they're going to crown the two winners with the Owen. Yeah. And, yeah, it was, it was sort of sad to see him, like, talking and that because he said the last time he sort of spoke about it, he wanted – was at the, um, the Hall of Fame when he got inducted and he was pleading to Martha to let Owen be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And then he's saying here, Owen finally gets to be honored and his legacy remembered forever, sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this was incredibly emotional. Um, Yeah. Two former Nation of Domination members.
0: Yeah, yeah, actually.
1: Um, Yeah, yeah. Stable mates.
0: I'm surprised they didn't have Mark Henry sort of on commentary during the Owen matches to um sort of talk up how important Owen was, but you did have Jim Ross there who did work in the WWF for a long time when Owen was there. Yeah. And, um,
1: of course, like, Jim Ross's voice is unfortunately immortalised with the Owen Hart incident. So, it's kind of redemption for Jim Ross.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is too, the poor fella.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. We'll get get to that more later on in the night. So match number one, as we ah uh, started off uh, earlier, going through some of the news, uh, Wardlow versus MJF, and uh, so if MJF wins, uh, he Wardlow is permanently banned from signing with AEW. But if Wardlow wins, he is released from his contract with MJF. Yeah and um i thought they did the wrong thing here having mjf come out first as i sort of touched on there in the news i would have had wardlow come out first to build up that anticipation of is he here is he not here cuz he sort of no-showed to band signing
1: yeah yeah definitely i think i i would have had this match later on in the card too and i yeah i i would have put this match like second from the main event cuz in terms of bell to bell, it wasn't much. So, but it still got the crowd up and about. And I think like having the Hardys and the Bucks open would have been great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would just would have like chucked this second from the second from last and pushed everything up a spot. Um, Yeah. yeah, but still, uh, I loved when MJF gets into the ring after his entrance and he's got his arms spread out, pretending he's on an aeroplane. Oh yes, he's doing the
0: little aeroplane <laughs> thing, and then sort of walks over, climbs up the corner, and does the old to the fans.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> yes, good. Is
0: to, up yours to the fans.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was so great. Um, MJF is incredible at what he does. Um. And this match was exactly what it needed to be.
0: Uh, Referee Bryce Remberg in this match just... MJF constantly going to the outside, sort of telling him to get back in. He's sort of taking a few pop shots at Wardlow early on. At one point, he's hiding behind the ref's back, and Wardlow sort of goes to charge, and MJF ducks out of the way. And then... (laughs) Uh, I forget the point that happens, but Warbo and the ref are sort of off elsewhere. MJF is facing the hard cam, reaches in his trunks, grabs the rings, and the crowd goes, boo, and he puts it on his pinky, and the camera sort of zooms out, and you can see Warbo over one shoulder, Remsberg over the other, and Remsberg just reaches down, plucks it off (laughs) off MJF's hand, and puts it in Remsberg's pocket.
1: Yeah, it was um fantastic. I loved it. Um just this was the a story of a guy that was getting his comeuppance but was doing everything in his power to not get the payback he had coming towards him. And he was doing everything to try to run away from it, but eventually it happened and it was unstoppable. MJF got basically no offense in and that's exactly what it needed to be.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Wallow does like his first power bomb and they chant one more time, so he does a second, and then he points to a different part of the arena and he does one facing them. And then he does a fourth, followed by a fifth, does a pin, one, two, moves his foot, goes, No uh-uh, not yet. <laughs> Just five more power bombs than 10 MJF.
1: Ten he did ten and the crowd was doing the Sean spears 10 chant.
0: <laughs> yes, I was uh talking to the up next boys when we talked NXT Melbourne recently uh podcast going to be coming out soon on their Patreon feed about
1: nice. how much
0: I hate those 10 chants in hindsight.
1: Oh yeah, they're horrible. Uh, Especially when he show... was punching the corner. What 10, 10, 10.
2: Oh.
0: yeah, uh any show from around late 2019, early 2017 on VOD, I think, is going to be hammered with those in hindsight.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But uh, as we mentioned here, Wardlow gets the win. He's released from his uh, contract by MJF. He's on the rampway with Tony. And Tony says, Let me be the first to congratulate you on saying Wardlow is all elite. And they show the graphic up on the. Uh, Turnatron, I guess you could call it.
1: <laughs> or the Tony Tron.
0: Yeah, it doesn't have the same ring. <laughs> They're on turner. Let it be the turnatron.
1: Alright. Um, yeah, it was um great. It was everything it needed to be.
0: Yeah, great match. And so far, two sort of uh, different things on the uh the card. You had a tag comedy opener, you've had a guy just beat the crap out of his former associate. Yeah. And then we get to the Hardys versus the Young Bucks in a tag team match that is going to be very Young Buck in tag team nature.
1: My God. The video before the Young Bucks come out. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yes. Super kick party. (laughs) Super kick party. Super kick party. So good.
0: Yeah, it's a take on the old Aviva Las Vegas song.
1: Yes, and then they come out with the Elvis Mutton Chops. <laughs> and the Elvis. <laughs> Which brother Twike. didn't yeah. need
0: the fake ones though.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it was um Yeah, it was just fantastic i love the presentation of the so box can
0: we just touch on uh two things from the past week because we didn't touch on dynamite or rampage firstly the wardlow spears cage match so wardlow has got the handcuffs on he's down in the ring mjf has the key and he's sort of paying down his pockets and goes oops sorry and spears charges at him because he's doing like the return thing from when worldwide didn't have the diamond ring for MJF. Yeah. Oh, I love that spot.
1: <laughs> yes. I also loved uh, MJF's referee shirt <laughs> where the, <laughs> the stripes on it were the pattern of his scarf. Just such a great touch. And then he's doing his best sh- special guest referee, Sean Michaels impression with those, Tight, tight, tight bike shorts. shorts. Yes. Yeah. It just gave me flashbacks to, what was it, the first episode of SmackDown with Shawn Michaels, as special guest referee, the tight short shorts, and the T-shirt tied up around the belly button. Oh, oh. yes.
0: Shawn bloody belly button shirt. <laughs> so, um, so good. The other thing I want to touch on is Rampage. My it's God! It's the Hardys up next. Oh wait, <laughs> it's Attitude Era
1: Hardies with Gangrel. <laughs> it's the young punks dressed up as the Hardys But the best, part about, it, <laughs> <laughs> best <laughs> part about it—best part about it—was Brandon Cutler hanging out by the ring apron with the with the g string hanging out, dressed up like leader. <laughs>
2: Oh god!
0: Uh, so I can't remember who they faced. They win, you know, and they're sort of in the ring posing with Gangrel, and then they start to beat De- um, Gangrel. Yeah. I thought uh, Gangrel was copyrighted by the WWE, and he's supposed to be Vampire Warrior on the Indies.
1: Yeah, like in, I think it was within the last five years or so, he got his he got the rights to his name back or the trademark finally expired.
0: Ah, okay. So, they're beating him down. Out come the actual Hardys. They chase off the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler. Uh, no, they all won. Um, the Hardys and Gangrel hit finishing moves on Brandon Cutler, and uh, the Hardys and Gangrel sort of pose in the ring. But no Gangrel tonight, as we uh, go back to this match of the Hardys and the Young Bucks.
1: Yeah, I'm glad Gangrel wasn't involved tonight. Although, I thought, like, I, I thought there was a chance that Gangrel comes out and gets rid of Cutler.
0: That's what I was thinking, too, now that um they've had him on Rampage, that he might show up as a, uh, in the corner just to uh, counteract Brandon Cutler at the pay-per-view.
1: What I wanted was the Hardy Boys to come out dressed as the Young Bucks <laughs> <laughs> and then have Gangrel. I've discussed this off-air with someone. It was have Gangrel in the Brandon Cutler tracksuit with the face mask on, (laughs) but he's still bleeding out of the mouth because he's still a vampire. He's still got his teeth in and he's got the cold spray cans, but whenever he sprays it, it's blood. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. (laughs) Uh... Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that'd be fun. That'd be, That'd be so good, but it doesn't need to happen. But yeah, it would have been fucking hilarious.
0: Oh boy, um, what did you think of this match here? Because this is like every Young Bucks match—a move a minute.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely a move a minute here. Um, I was very cautious about this match because I was like, oh, like. When Matt Hardy walks these days, he walks like he can't bend his knees. So that's how he walks. Like like his knees aren't bending when he walks. So I was like, oh, this is going to be a tough one for the Hardys because they've definitely lost a step or two in the past couple of years, both of them. But I honestly thought the Young Bucks brought out the best in the Hardys. I thought this was the best I've seen Matt Hardy look in ring in AEW, which isn't a high bar, but, but yeah, this was definitely his best AEW performance. Um, I felt, yeah. Go on. I I just, I genuinely enjoyed this match. I'm not sure what your feelings are. I enjoyed
0: it. I think for myself, this would be probably the best Hardys match since their um Ladder Wars match in Ring of Honour against the Bucks when they left to go to the Fed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, easily.
0: Uh, it didn't quite reach that level for me, but there was still plenty of plunder at one point. Jeff does a swan ton onto one of the Bucks who's hanging across the side of the steel steps that have been laid on their side on the outside. <laughs> Uh, Early on in the match, the crowd is chanting for Brandon Cutler, which leads one of the Bucks to go down and shove down Brandon, going, why are they chanting for you? Stop that. (laughs) Don't do anything.
1: (laughs) And the commentators are like, why are they chanting for him? (laughs)
0: Yes. Uh, uh, This was a really, really fun match. Um, It also lends itself really well. JR being the voice of so many iconic Hardy moments that he's here calling a Hardys match. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, uh, the Hardys getting the win here. I mean, I don't know if this is the end of things because we have seen uh start in AEW before at pay-per-views that lead on to a bigger match or start from a bigger match to branch off to smaller matches. So do you think they go somewhere next or do you think they are go and uh, sort of race the stakes with like a a tag cage or a tag ladder match.
1: I don't know if I want to see the Hardys do that in 2022, but what we do know for a fact is this week on Dynamite, the main event is a 10-man tag. It's the Undisputed Elite, Adam Cole, the Young Bucks, Red Dragon versus the Hardys and Jurassic Express and Christian Cage. So this gives me two thoughts here. Either the Hardys are going to move on to a feud with Red Dragon out of this, Ooh. which would be the next step, which would be great. I would love to see that match. Or...
0: Have we ever uh, seen that match in Ring of Honor?
1: Maybe. I
0: don't I, I don't know.
1: I don't remember one.
0: I don't think so, because I think they were think in the NXT.
1: Hardys, yeah, yeah, they would have been. So, no, it hasn't happened. Um, or the other option is they're on a team with the tag champs. And what's the one thing those two teams have in common? Christian! Christian! So that's another natural feud. The Hardys' team... The Hardys' feuding with the team that is mentored by one of their greatest rivals.
0: And I'd argue Christian is doing a far better job than Edge.
1: Exactly. Well, <laughs> Edge has the Judgment Day. He should um rename... He should rename Jurassic Express to The Backlash. <laughs> <laughs> To a, the no mercy <laughs> Two, the fighter fest <laughs> the the fighter fest yeah the beat bash <laughs> the winter oh. is coming
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> yes yes in case you can't tell we're <laughs> doing the same thing WWE did for naming them
1: <laughs> yeah uh, I, I, I do love the fact that um I think it's like Judgment Day 07. The poster is Edge. Edge on the poster with like the judge scales. And that's his whole gimmick now. So someone backstage at WWE is like, oh, I saw this cool poster. Let's make this a storyline. Hang on. (laughs) I think it's like Judgment Day 07, maybe 08. Let me have a look
0: as we uh, bring this up.
1: No, it's not 07. Yeah. 09. That oh, nine. No, one. Oh, nine. Is it? Can you see? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's actually his vignettes now though. <laughs> that poster is yeah. him like backstage with a scale. Yeah. Oh goodness.
0: Um, yeah, really good match. I really enjoyed this. Um, I knew what to expect going in, it being a young bucks match. And yeah, I really enjoyed this. Following on from there, something I didn't expect to be so low on the card, but um I suppose it's gotta go somewhere. Singles match for the AEW TBS Championship. It is Jay Cargill, the champion, defending against Anna Jay. Um now, Jade is 31 and zero. In her record at the moment. Uh, What was Goldberg's record before it started to uh, get inflated?
1: Uh, Before it got inflated? I'm pretty sure it was getting inflated from the get-go, from my memory. (laughs) But, yeah. um,
0: Before it got ridiculous, then.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But still, um, I... Maybe it was around this point that they started inflating it. I would love it if Jade shows up on Dynamite and they say forty-five and no <laughs> Dynamite. Was <laughs> it Dark Tapings? <laughs> yeah, Dark Tapings. Oh, sorry, the footage got lost.
0: <laughs> oh, we we did a we did a surprise house show in yeah. Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, she won a ten-person gauntlet in each pit. And she started the gauntlet from one, and each pinfall counts.
0: <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, so Jade here, very, I'm um, very impressed with Jade. How far she's come along in that.
1: Takes she got on, the she got the Cody Vader for her entrance. Cody's old lift.
0: <laughs> she said that once Cody left on uh, Twitter, she said, "Now that Cody's gone, can I start using his entrance?"
1: She needs more pyro, though. She's TBS
0: champion. Just wait until she's women's world champion. Then she'll get yeah. the pyro she deserves. <laughs> uh, taking on the showstopper, Anna J.
1: Yeah, her old going, gimmick.
0: Yeah, going back to a non-Dark Order, Anna J. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I was a bit worried at first because, like, she she normally comes out and does the Dark Order hand on the stage, but she didn't do it, but she eventually did it in the ring. But, yeah. um If this isn't a sign that they're kind of done with the Dark Order, <laughs> which is such a shame consider, considering the legacy they've got for Brodie Lee, they shouldn't just end the Dark Order with a whimper like this. They should end it with a bang.
0: Yeah. Give him a six-man tag against House of Black and losers disband or something.
1: Yeah, or have CM Punk be the new leader of the Dark Order as a heel, turn him into a Dark Order Straight Edge Society.
0: The new Dark Order, just like the new Nexus.
1: Oh my God! Yeah, he loves taking over oh, stables, oh, and
0: then and then Evil Uno can split off and form
1: Core Order. Ah oh, yes, the Core Order. The corner. Core in order. Core and order. <laughs> <laughs> bum, bum, da, na, 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 na. Bit of
0: aces and eights theme in there, you know, with yeah. the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness, goodness. Uh, so yeah, it says still on the graphic, Dark Order's energy, but a Titantron uh, Tron Turnitron and her rig gear is showstopper energy. Yeah. Um this was a really, really good match. And at one point, Sterling comes out, he gets on the ring. You know, Anna Jade sort of tries to get rid of him. Batty section's starting to get involved. And...
1: The way the run-in happened that you're about to talk about. The way this dude run down the ramp just gave me new life.
0: <laughs> and then, who shows up, Alex?
2: Johnny Hungy. <laughs> yes. Uh,
0: also a member of Dark Order, uh, John Silver, Johnny Hungy comes he out. He's done the
1: most ridiculous run down the ramp. <laughs> <laughs> he's like got this stupid big smile on his face. He's got his arms out beside him, like with his hands facing out, and he's like doing this weird, like hoppy thing, running down the ramp. Like, oh, I'm gonna get you! Like, like a like a dad uh, playing with his small child, like. Crouched down with his hands out like, oh, I'm going to get you. I'm going to, I'm going to get you. Here comes the tickle monster. (laughs) Like, it's kind of like, he kind of ran down the ramp like that. And it was
0: fucking hilarious. So he goes down, he lays out Smart Mark. The baddies are sort of there on the floor, just going, no, no. Yeah. And then he sort of goes to the back and then who shows up shortly after?
1: Ah. The Diamond Wines' own, uh, formerly known as Malcolm Bivens, Stokely Hathaway. Yes,
0: this was a uh, expected. Uh, I remember you calling this a number of months ago when he was actually released.
1: Yeah, just saying. Like as much as I love Smart Mark, Bivens, Stokely, and Jade Cargill, that's just they just. Look like they're meant to be, like, like he's such a, he's such a great talker. He's so good, and he could be the serious mouth mouthpiece that she needs. As much as I love Smart Mark, he's more comedy than anything.
0: Yeah, sadly. Um, so he comes out, sort of. And Jade's a bit perplexed. Jade hits the jaded from. Brett's rope.
1: Yes, Brett's rope. Um, very, very uh, well used rope today <laughs> on this pay per view. At one point, at one point, did Brett's rope become the bottom rope? We'll get there later.
0: Yeah. Um. Yes, we will get there in a moment. <laughs> but um. Top, top rope, jaded, and Jade retains. The TBS Championship. The graphic goes up. The streak continues. 32-0. and 0. And who's next? Well, it looks like uh, Stokely's joined the baddie section as um, uh, Kira Hogan and Red Velvet uh, yep. join Jade to celebrate. Then Anna Jade sort of gets back up. And...
1: Statlander um, comes out.
0: Press Statlander comes out first. And then who else debuts during this segment?
1: <laughs> uh, the former Ember Moon, Athena. Uh, looked in great, Nick. She looked great.
0: Yeah. Was she facing off with uh, Jade straight away or was she facing off with Kira? I can't remember. She was
1: facing off with Jade. Ooh.
0: So it Which, seems that we've got our uh, next program there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Athena's an absolute ring general. She's a veteran. So she's the kind of person you want to put in there with Jade. Like th- The on. fact that they put Jade on pay-per-view with another person that's been wrestling just as long as Jade in Anna Jay shows the complete confidence Tony Khan has in Anna Jay, to be honest. And Jade. And Jade. But the fact that, like, we all know Jade can get a little sloppy from time to time. But yeah. The fact that these two people with, like, a couple of years experience each were able to do the match that they did was fantastic. Like, it was really good. They're both great beyond their years. Yeah, yeah. Such a bright future for both of them. And now Jade's going to have Athena and they're probably going to have some bangers. And all those people bitching and complaining six months ago about lack of diversity in AEW. Here you go. (laughs) Here you go. Jade's got a full stable of very diverse people going up against a diverse opponent.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true too. Do you think uh, Jade would try to have Athena run through the two baddies first?
1: I would assume so. Okay. Yeah, I, so you could hold off on the actual match for quite some time.
0: Yeah. Um. Also, just on our earlier note, Athena. Was it she tore her ACL chasing the twenty four seven title? Yeah, And didn't quit because of that.
2: Yeah, shit. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I uh, chalked that one up for, uh, for that whole complaint against Sasha.
1: <laughs> Wasn't she like NXT tag champs with someone they called up to the main roster or something?
0: Oh, she came back down to NXT to team with Shotzi. And they were yeah. challenging for the titles. And then Shotzi got called up with um, Tegan. Yeah, Out of nowhere. And then Tegan got released and Shotzi's on her own. Because <laughs> uh, Athena talked about a whole range of things they want her to do on a um, recent podcast. I am not, can't remember who it's with off the top of my head.
1: I'll have, to, them, I'll have to look it up because I haven't heard it.
0: One of them included her wearing fishnet stockings and booty shorts to be more like Mandy Rose, in her words.
1: My god. Yeah. <laughs> so silly. Uh
0: but yeah, so far, four matches in, really good show. We go to our next match, which is House of Black, Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, Brody King coming out all in their uh I guess a cult entrance attire
1: yeah. here. Oh <laughs> <All laughs> it god, their sort of, faces painted up.
0: Yeah, it's sort of hard to uh describe it in a uh, audio sense. But they are taking it on Death Triangle, Pac, Pentrosco and Ray Phoenix who have Alex Abrahante's and I believe it's one of Phoenix's kids out on the ramp?
1: Yeah, I think so. Or, I, um, <laughs> I said to Warwick when we were watching this, hey, when did Adam Cole join the Death Triangle? But anyway. <gasps> hey! <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, yeah, so they come out. Notable that uh, Puck is wearing a half-Penta, half-Ray uh, mask during his uh, walkout entrance.
1: Yeah, that looked badass. There's something about like a dude that's ridiculously jacked like Puck wearing a mask. It looks awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, there is a lot of bad blood in this match. Uh, Alex Abrahantes, I believe, has the shovel with him, which does get involved in the match at points.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, do you have anything that stands out here to you uh, before sort of the closing moments? Because this match is just a lot of big men slapping meat.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, I, I could definitely hear you screaming in the back of my head at points in time when there was like, like I even, I was watching this with Warwick and I said, like, dude, all six people have been in the ring here for like a minute. <laughs> This I could one... I could hear you screaming, like, the rules! <laughs> this one
0: <laughs> wasn't so bad because I went, you know what? This is bad blood. This has been built up for a while. I'm going to let this one slide. Right. Okay. But later on um, in the night, we'll get there.
1: We'll get there. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Uh... I was like explaining to Warwick, who didn't really have much of an idea of who Brody King is. I'm like, dude, this guy's so athletic for such a big dude. Just wait until you ever see him do like a flippy floppy spot. And Brody King let me down. <laughs> <laughs> tripped, tripped on the top rope, basically, like landed on the apron. Ah, uh, poor no, it's bugger.
0: Just hears the voice of Bulldog in his head. He felt on his ass, he did.
1: Fell on his ass! Yeah.
0: Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this match. And I don't think anyone was busted open in this match for as much bad blood as there seemed to be between the two sides.
1: Yeah, I don't think it needed to be a blood fest. Considering what was to come later? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah, I thought this was great. It was fun. The crowd was so into it. And we finally got the Julia Hart
0: thing. Yeah, so you want to run through this? Because I remember sending my pics through in the morning and you going, in brackets, House of Black, in brackets, Julia Hart finally joins.
1: Yeah, yeah. I had to just put that in because, yeah, I just wanted you to... Fully understand why I was picking the House of Black. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically, uh, Pack goes up for the Black Arrow and lights go out. Lights come back on. Black miss to the face of Pack by Julia Hart, and she's finally joined. Uh, Pack falls off the top rope. Black Bass from Black to Pack and one, two, three she wrote, uh, great match, great match. And for the love of God, I hope this feud is over because I feel like it's gone on way too long and I was kind of sick of it.
0: Yeah, it didn't help that um, Phoenix got injured.
1: No, anyway. but they've pretty much been feuding for two pay-per-view cycles now.
0: Yeah, they did bring it up on commentary that they were supposed to meet last pay-per-view but phoenix got injured so they sort of dragged it out a bit longer than it had to go but at the same point it did feel like a real heated blood feud when they got to this point yeah and the match did deliver in ring so i really enjoyed this we're five matches in and a thumbs up for me so far for every match
1: yeah i thought it was like it was a solid first half of the show I wouldn't say like anything standout spectacular. What I did see from this six man is I just wanna see, I don't care if it happens on Rampage, Dynamite, Dark Elevation, or Dark. I wanna see Pack and Buddy Matthews go at it for 20 minutes. Cause the exchanges those two had in this match was fantastic. And, you know. The shitty history of the WWE Cruiserweight belt, these are probably the two best champs they had. Hey, what belt sitting over there? Thank you. I mean, it was such a... I'm not saying the belt itself is shitty. I'm just saying it was so horribly mismanaged. Oh, that's
0: uh, just about every belt in that company.
1: Yes, but, like, in terms of that purple belt, these are probably the two best to have held it. And Other Enzo. than, of
0: course, your boy, yeah. representing the Philippines.
1: Oh, TJP? Fuck. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say Enzo. My boy Enzo. Oh, Speaking of Enzo,
0: did you ever go back, watch that Anita match?
1: No. Shit, forgot about <laughs> that. Forgot about that. Yeah, it is funny. All uh, right, I'll have to check it out. Um, All right, so what's next on the card here?
0: Yeah, um, so quickly, Buddy was champ 2018. By then... Packs out. Packs out, Neville's gone, so they wouldn't have really interacted in that cruiserweight division.
1: No, they never did, which is why I want to see these two go at it. Just let them be flippy-floppy muscle dudes and... Be the perfect combination of Hoss and flippy floppy spots and just do it together and just make magic. Yeah. So,
0: next is the two Owen Hart Foundation tournament finals. Uh, the men will go first, then the women. But to kick things off, they have the uh, the recap of the Owen package and they show Mark Henry again talking about uh, how great Owen was. And Jim Ross also brings it up on commentary and they show a yeah. lot of the uh, the New Japan footage of Owen. Have you ever gone back and watched any of his New Japan matches?
1: Uh, I've seen little bits here and there. I think there was a Tiger Mask match I saw in a Jushin Lager match, but that's about it.
0: Okay. I don't think I've ever gone and watched any of Owen's New Japan matches.
1: They're they're actually, AEW announced over the weekend. they're releasing an Owen Hart action figure in his New Japan attire. So it's like long tights with like the three stars on the front. Yep. Yeah, which is pretty much the picture they used for his um, Owen Hart cup. But yeah, Yeah. uh, so it's like the first time since I believe 1998 that an Owen Hart action figure will be produced. Wow. Yeah, so that's pretty fucking awesome.
0: Alice has already signed up for the pre-order.
1: Oh, shit, yeah.
0: (laughs) Good man. I'll actually have to source one out myself.
1: Yes, especially because it represents a New Japan time too, so that's awesome.
0: So uh, first match here is Adam Cole versus Samoa Joe uh, Adam Cole comes out first. Pink and black and white. Oh, goodness. Um, uh,
1: telegraph much?
0: Yeah, this. We can get there in a moment about the gear. Yeah. But this match I thought was really good um, with Joe. And something they brought up, these two have never met. Considering no. the guys were in. Um, WWE system for so long together, and Joe went back down to NXT for a bit. I'm surprised they never had a match.
1: No. And, like, even Joe had a cup of coffee back in ROH after he left Impact in, what, like, 2016, 2017, or whenever it was. Yeah. And they still never crossed paths, and yeah, they never crossed paths during Joe's original NXT run, obviously, because Cole wasn't in the company yet. And yeah, they just, they keep missing each other by by hair, you know? So, but this match, not for me. Okay. As much as Joe did some great Joe things, I think Joe sort of lost a little step or two and we know my thoughts on Adam Cole
0: yeah that's fair enough too I think for me and we'll get to it in a moment but for me um, this match sort of a lot of the um, the elements of um, what makes a great tournament final or a great total defense is sort of somebody not giving away the result in their gear (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like I can understand if you have this gear and you know you're winning and you want to debut it, say, hmm, let's see, when's the next event? Uh, Two days' time. Yes. Dynamite,
1: do it it then. It would have been more impactful for him to come out with the cup with that hideous pink title belt and the pink gear.
0: Yeah. Uh, We we can get there later. But, yeah, for me, this was an all right match. The gear telegraphing the tournament final just sort of went, oh, okay. So then we get to the women's match. And, you know, Cole's gone backstage. They say, oh, we'll do the the presentation for both winners and the cup uh, after the women's final, which comes up right now. So it's Ruby and Britt. And Ruby comes out. And she gets rancid to sing it to the ring. And they sing the full song. This isn't a long <laughs> rampway, So Ruby's just sort of on the turnbuckle rocking out as they <laughs> sing her song, which is it's where of the day. Yeah. I think it would have been a lot better if she had come out first and she's just in the ring alone rocking.
1: Yeah.
0: But Brit's in there. Brit comes yeah. out first. And the good doctor, you know, she said in her promo, I think it's only fitting that Dr. Martha Hart presents the Owen to the doctor, Britt Baker. Yeah. And she comes out and her gear is pink and black and white. And fuck me, you've telegraphed both winners (laughs) before the bell
1: rings. Yep. And if you notice the fucking, like, Adam Cole's wearing predominantly pink with the white and black, and then Britt Baker's wearing predominantly black with the white and pink. Because the belts that they're going to get, Britt Baker's going to get the predominantly pink belt with bits of black on it, and then Adam Cole's going to get the predominantly black belt with bits of pink on it to contrast their gear. So they've even fucking designed their gear to contrast the belt they're about to give, which fucking telegraphs everything.
0: Yeah, this this match was fine. I thought it was a lot better than their first match. Um, but you telegraphed it again. Yeah, this,
1: I, I thought this, this was, was a more of a sub-mail. letdown.
0: Yeah. And, like, not to take away any of the in ring work, but this was more of a letdown because you've had the men's telegraphed and you've yeah. seen, okay, Cole's won in that gear. He's not just wearing it because it's the final.
1: And they've already and, uh, announced that the trophy is gonna be presented to each winner's together. So, oh yeah, we're gonna have heel Adam Cole and Ruby babyface Ruby Soho celebrate their wins together. Adam Cole's gonna be sitting there clapping for Ruby Soho after he after she beat his missus? No. Of course yeah. not. No. So you've just telegraphed it all completely. Although it would have been nice to have seen Joe and Ruby celebrate together. And we'd have Ruby Smojo.
0: <laughs> Joe Soho. Yeah. Joey Samoe.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> right back to the TNA days. Anyhow. Um, yeah. It, they were both good matches. Alex disagrees with the Adam Cole one. But you telegraphed it. And when you do that in a tournament final, it takes ink away. Um yeah going to the presentation here martha hart makes a lovely speech there's chance of owen there's chance of thank you martha yeah there's a lot of crowd signs for owen there's one that says this one is for owen that they shot a lot yeah um yeah and then uh martha presents the the first belt i think she presents it to adam and adam sort of puts it over his shoulder And brit has hers and she puts It over her shoulder. I thought she was gonna give the cup to each person to, you know, grab one of the handles and lift it up. Yeah. she just sort of uh walks to the front, shows it to the crowd, sits back on the table and walks off. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) But it's gonna be a um a perpetual trophy, so the winners' names go on it, but the um the cup stays with the uh the company or something, I guess. Yeah which is uh... is good. It's good to see, you know, wrestling companies do uh, charity cups. We we talked about this when it first launched. That MCW did the um the, uh, oh, I don't have the names in front of me, but it's yeah, there um, it was
1: two female names. I can't remember their names.
0: It's run in association of wa- uh, raising awareness of um breast cancer because they yeah. did it the first one. They're all women's show, and then they did another one a few years later. Yeah, but um there is tournaments like that that do happen in wrestling that are you know, good that good things can be done. Yeah. Then, on two sort of you know okay notes, but we're doing this for a good cause. Comes the match that was my absolute bathroom break. I just let this play and just went to the bathroom and just gave no cracks about this. Six person mixed tag American top team, Ethan Page, your TNT champion Scorpio Sky, and Paige Van Zandt with Dan Lambert in their corner, taking on the team of. Frankie Kazarian, Sammy Guevara and Tay Conti. If American Top Team win, neither uh, Frankie or Sammy can challenge for the TNT Championship while Scorpio Sky is champion. This match
1: sucked. I didn't hate it. Um, I thought everything the blokes did in this match was pretty good. I thought Frankie did some great stuff in here and Frankie really proved that he can still go. Uh, the biggest issue with this is it's Paige Van Zant's first match. And whilst she was able to do the moves correctly, it felt like it was taking her forever to get the moves done. Like... And that's just a pure sign of she just needs a little more practice. It was like, take, she was off by a beat with everything she was doing. And that's, that's fair enough. It's her first ever match. But yeah, I just don't think this should have been on the pay per view. Yeah, I agree with you there. The
0: build to this boat, like, has nothing. been
1: confusing.
0: It it confusing was confusing as fuck. Frankie's with these, with Sammy and Tay why we're involving Paige Van Zant why.
1: Yeah. And, and it's like they've been flipping back and forth about who's the heel and who's the baby face in this.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know who's who. Is Frankie the only face in this match? Because it's sort of pretty seemed much like yeah. Lambert was going heel again with some of his promos and I'm like, Yeah. What the hell?
1: This it's match so- it had yeah, seemed like the entire feud that pivoted towards American top team band, the babyfaces, and Sammy, Frankie, and Ty had become the heels. But then on Friday night on Rampage, or Saturday morning here, it was a heel American top team cutting an obnoxious promo and getting interrupted by Sammy, Tay, and Frankie pretending to be babyfaces, but no one liked them. It was really confusing. Was that the um, one
0: where they interrupted the promo and then they decided to break into American Top Team and smash the trophy cabinets?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So they were both being heels in a promo, and Frankie Xarian's the only one who's sort of there for a moment going, oh, I'm not sure about this. Yeah. And then he goes, yeah, I'm going to get a bell for myself anyway.
1: Yeah. And then, like, yeah, because, like, the promo they interrupted was just, like, Dan Lambert running down Las Vegas and everyone and Ethan Page being a heel. Scorpio Sky's kind of not been full heel but he just, everyone around him is a heel. Um, it's confusing. Yeah, I think we just need to hurry up and get Scorpio Sky out of the American top team. Have him just be a pure babyface champ. Because he is great. He should be a baby face champ. He has the charisma to be able to do that. And yeah. then we can get Ethan page healing on Scorpio sky. And I think Ethan page is a tremendous heel. And, you know, we both kind of watched impact when the North was up and running and we know he goes all right in the ring. So that that's a good end game for those two.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, Yeah, thumbs down for me for this match. It just, it was just confusing because I'm going, wait, are they the face now or are they the heel? And then they do something and it'd be sort of heelish. And I'm going, okay, so Sammy's the face? No? And just Sammy was in this match every single moment. He could be in the ring. Get the fuck out of the ring. Yep. And he's still wearing... He's still wearing the fucking inner circle jacket. Like, not tonight, but when he went to American Top Team, he was. What
1: the fuck? Yeah, he's become this, like, he is to the inner circle what Scott Steiner was to the main event mafia. (laughs) Again, back together. Yeah, Uh, we're we're together. It's cool.
0: Um, Yeah. Following that, match that should have been on the buy-in, Kyle O'Reilly and Darby Allen. Sting's not there because Sting's been attacked. Uh, any thoughts on this match here, Alex?
1: I thought this was great. Yeah. I-, I thought this was technically sound. We got to see a super technical chain wrestling side to Darby in this match, which is always refreshing. There's a couple of scary dive spots. There was one with... Derby where it kind of looked like he got his foot caught on the rope and then they ran the spot back. It was the second match of the night where someone got their foot caught on the rope doing a dive, which made me say, hey, maybe we shouldn't be doing Tope Suicidas every fucking match. But how
0: else is uh, Excalibur going to yell at that?
1: Yeah. Well, I... As much as I don't agree with a lot of control your narrative, them uh, releasing their rules and banning super kicks, Canadian destroyers and topay suiciders from their promotion. I like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The super kick is overdone. And a lot of that has to do with the young
2: bucks.
1: Yeah. And if their gimmick is the super kick party, fucking let them do it and No one else on the fucking same show does super kicks. Yep, yeah, because like this match, this pay per view featured a super kick in every match almost. Carl would have done one. Yeah, I remember Jungle Jungle Boy did some. Carl O'Reilly did one. Hangman Hangman. did one. Um, Yeah, Lucha Brothers did some. Yeah, you name it. <laughs> uh, I think the only match that didn't feature a super kick or a variation of a sidekick, because Ruby Soho kind of does one too, mm. and Jade kind of does a big boot, but she kind of does it from the side, so it's kind of like a big boot super kicks hybrid. <laughs> and the only match that didn't feature this was Wardlow and MJF, because they literally did one move for the match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. so yeah. Just chill the fuck out on super kicks. Chill the fuck out on dives to the outside. And yeah. Um, maybe... Only do
0: Canadian destroyers when you book the Rock and Roll Express.
1: <laughs> exactly. 100% indefinitely. Yes. Oh my god are we going to see Ricky Morton hit a Canadian destroyer on Ric Flair in 2022? (laughs) Well, let's ask DraftKings and see if that's in the pool.
0: (laughs) Like guys, chill the fuck out on DraftKings. I'm not signing up for this.
1: Yeah. So Um, what's next?
0: So Darby thumbs up for me. We've sort of gone through this little lull period of uh, the midpoint of the pay-per-view Next up is Thunder Rosa, the champion, versus Serena Deeb for the AEW Women's World Championship. Now, um, I thought uh, Thunder Rosa was going to retain here, but uh, you were thinking otherwise.
1: I so I should have like added some more detail to my description, uh, my prediction, which was I picked Serena Deeb to win. I didn't think she was going to win the belt.
0: Ah, okay. You thought so she th- might win fire, um, like DQ, not breaking a, a submission hold or, or something?
1: Or, yeah, or count out or something like that. Because I thought that this feud had barely gotten started. And as was evident in this match, these two have tremendous chemistry bell to bell.
0: Yeah. Um. Now, they brought up on commentary and... I had a laugh when they brought up uh, somebody else's title defense later in the night. Thunder Roses only defended the title once since winning in the past two months. Yeah. Um, But she cuts a lot of promos saying that she's a fighting champion. Yeah. Explain.
1: (laughs) Well, when she fights, she's a champion. (laughs) She just doesn't fight very often. (laughs) Fighting champion.
0: So I could call myself fighting champion?
1: When I. Well, I'm a bowling champion because I, whenever I go bowling, I feel like a champion. So that makes me a bowling champion.
0: Whenever you get in the car, you pull your hat backwards and you feel like a truck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. You're the one to make the over the top reference, not me, hey? <laughs> Shit. It's a good movie. <laughs> it's great. <clears throat> oh, goodness.
0: I can't believe nobody talks more about that movie given the lead actor.
1: Right. It's probably his most forgotten movie, but... Fuck. Oh, man. Anyway, let's... Go and uh, listen to that
0: review in the archives.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's deep in the archives, but it's in there. Um, my God, I loved Serena Deeb versus Thunder Rosa. I thought this was a great match. I loved it. So, honestly, I feel like they should just put the belt on Serena. <laughs> she's so fucking good.
0: Yeah, she's so underrated. I don't know how I feel about Thunder Rosa finally having this belt. It's sort of beginning to feel a little bit like Hangman for me. It's like, yeah, you finally got it.
1: Now what? This pay-per-view featured um, three babyface champions coming into this that have felt stale as fuck. And, you know, one's in the main event, one was in this match, and one's in a tag team triple threat match later. Yep. And I think what AEW has proven is that they can't book babyface champions. We look at the history, like, Moxley's reign was okay, but it wasn't great.
0: I sort of, in hindsight, chalk Moxley's reign up to him also going for his own demons.
1: Yeah, and also, like, he was mainly champ during an empty arena era. Yeah, that's true, too. And so you give him the benefit of the doubt, but then you look at the history of AEW. Like, their women's division, like, Reho was not a great babyface champion. Sheeta wasn't that great as a babyface champion, despite her having the belt for over a year. It never felt like she was in a real storyline.
0: Yeah, Uh, yeah, that's a fair point. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head a real story with Sheeta, and the only one that pops to mind is Nyla Rose.
1: Yeah, and even that, that was just like, oh, you beat me up. There wasn't a great deal of death to it. Um, And that's been the history of babyface champions in AEW. Like, when a babyface is a champion, it feels like they haven't had that real blood feud. (laughs) And it's like, Hangman, like, yeah... Like, he had a good feud with Danielson, but, like, what was the heat there? There was no heat. It was just, oh, we went to a draw, and then we're going to have a rematch. Yeah. Then they try to do some heat with Lance Archer, but, like, no one believed that that would lead to a title change, and the feud kind of fell flat. And then the Adam Cole feud, like, it was just, oh, we're going to wrestle, and I'm going to win. There was no because heat. i
0: the better at him.
1: Yeah, there was no heat. No. And this is what happens every time a babyface wins a belt in AEW. There's just no heat in their feuds. Like, and yeah, this is going to happen with Thunder Rosa. You can already tell. Like, what was the heat here between her and Serena Deeb? They use the ranking system to make it make sense as to who's challenging but they almost use it as an excuse to not book a heated rivalry. It's just like, oh, I'm the number one ranked woman now, so I'm going to challenge you and see you at the pay-per-view.
0: Yeah, yeah. It it is a bit of a crutch. You find they rely on a little too often sometimes, but I don't know. We'll, We'll see how the next muff pans out. Thunder Rosa. Two Mumps as champ, two defences. Claim she's a fighting champ. We'll see how it goes.
1: Sorry, I really got on my high horse (laughs) there.
0: High horse? No, that's uh, the main event.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, But really good match for me. Coming up next, Anarchy in the Arena match. So we have... (laughs) I remember them advertising on Dynamite that Regal was supposed to be on commentary.
1: Yeah, what he wasn't? happened? I know. I was really looking forward to hearing another "Hello, Man in the Mask." <laughs> I love it when he—he's just so friendly to oh, Excalibur. It's like Man in the Mask.
0: Did you hear what he called um, Taz <laughs> on um, Rampage?
1: What did he say?
0: He's like a. Uh, hello, man in the mask. Hello, Mr. Maniac. Oh,
1: <laughs> that's what I did hear him say. That I it just didn't click who he was talking to. Yeah, that makes sense, Mr. Maniac.
0: Tasmaniac.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Who could forget? Oh, that's great. Uh, <laughs>
0: your Lordship. Your Lordship. Oh, goodness. Uh, so it is Blackpool Combat Club, Brian Danielson and John Moxley, along with Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz, taking on the team of the Jericho Appreciation Society, the standard in sports entertainment, for over 11 weeks. Yes. <laughs> Excalibur tries to explain that to JR, and JR just has none of it.
2: <laughs>
0: so, Chris Jericho. Let's see if you can remember any of their uh, new nicknames. Chris Jericho.
1: Uh, the Wizard, of course.
0: Daniel Garcia.
1: Oh, I forgot what it was called.
0: Jake Hager.
1: Big Hoss, I don't know. Yeah,
0: I think so. Angelo Parker.
1: Don't remember, but the next one I've got, I remember the next one. Cool Hand Ange. Cool Hand Ange. Okay, yep, fair enough. Matt Ma- Matt Mernard. Daddy Magic. <laughs> Such a good name. I love it. Daddy Magic.
0: Oh, goodness. Yeah. Uh, so Jericho all come out. They're all in white. They're uh, standing around the ring. Out comes um, like Backpool. Blackpool Combat Club, so out comes Moxley and Danielson and Kingston, and Santana and Ortiz and they're all standing uh, in the aisle way opposite the hard cam yeah. and before the bell even rings, like, they all just charge out uh, into the crowd to sort of meet them halfway and they all start brawling everywhere and I'm going did somebody screw up? Is Moxley's song just on repeat? And it turns out later on <laughs> They go over to the um, like the uh, control area, and Jericho yeah. picks up the soundboard and rips it out, and Mo- <laughs> uh, Moxley's song stops playing.
1: The crowd hated it. The crowd just booed. It was great. Did did you get what they were trying to do?
0: Ah, uh, mess with
1: them with the music. It was no, a, I didn't. It was a it was a tribute to New Jack. Why? Ah, uh, because New Jack. Would come out for like one of these brawls all over the arena. And to distract people that couldn't see it on a big screen or the fact that the action was nowhere near him, they would keep the music, his entrance music playing on a loop the entire match. And every New Jack match was that. <laughs> and is that to- why it's
0: so hard to watch a New Jack match on the network?
1: Yes, because they have to dub over the music, and New Jack matches are just, yeah, they're just not the same without Natural Born Killers by Dr Dre and Ice Cube playing. Um, yes. So, yeah, uh, in the post show media scrum, like even Tony Khan flat out said, yeah, it was a nod to New Jack, and um, I was like, and I, I sort of picked up on it at first as well, because like, yeah, they're brawling near a balcony and music is playing. I'm like, yeah, this is new Jack as fuck, I love it. <laughs> like uh, we all know I'm a huge new Jack mark, so yeah, uh, um, this is this was just insane. It's too much to describe. There's a lot of blood. Old daddy magic broke the mood of scale. You reckon? <laughs> yeah, shit. What number? Oh, he would have been a 13 out of 10 for sure. <laughs> I Fucking mean, he was hell. in
0: all white gear at the start.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, this, he did what Matt Cardona did with Nick Gage, like somehow magically turned his all white gear into all red. <laughs> like, fuck, this was nuts. Um, uh, Yeah, I... I, I loved this so much. Everything about it. There was something about Danielson in, in this sort of environment that I loved too. Just yeah. getting to um, see Danielson get bloody and get hard hitting is great.
0: So towards the end of the match, there is a lot that happens. At one point, Danielson's ramming somebody's face into a camera up like on the uh, upper lip of the first belt. Uh,
1: that was Cool uh, Hand and from my memory,
0: Jericho grabs the, uh, I guess it's the boom lift camera, and lo- yeah. like somehow lowers it down, and then is swinging it into somebody. There's brawling in like a um a staff elevator, like a a delivery elevator. Yeah, this is just going everywhere. At one point, somebody's thrown into a merch stand who's all bloody. There's security everywhere trying to keep the fans, you know, somewhat. Back from them while they're brawling everywhere. Yeah. Um, So, back in the ring, sort of closing moments here. I believe it's Danielson who has Jericho in some sort of submission hold. Uh, Oh, before that, though, uh, I can't remember who it was, but somebody's gone and taken the top rope off of uh, every turnbuckle during this match.
1: Hmm. You don't remember uh, who it was? it was? It was Moxley that did that.
0: Yep. Uh, so that's making Brett's rope the top rope.
1: Yes. So Brett's rope became the bottom rope? I
0: guess it would. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, where was I? Top rope spin removed. <laughs> Yes As we get back into this match Uh, Danielson has Jericho in a submission hold Which leads to Kingston returning from the back With a jerry can Pouring it not only on Jericho But also Brian As he reaches for a lighter Brian is pissed Slaps it out of his hand And starts feuding with Kingston Hmm I wonder why Hmm Maybe because you poured gasoline all over from Brian as well
1: yes it was great though the, Like him walking out with the gas with the jerry can or whatever with his bloody shirt bloody white shirt he was looking like Trevor from GTA
0: yeah I did see that <laughs> getting around I'm like why is everyone posting things about Trevor from GTA and then I'm like Maybe something's going on that I haven't seen in wrestling yet. I'm not going to question it. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Um, hell of a hell of a match. Um, but the uh, argument between Brian and Kingston, sort of what cost him. Moxley gets in the ring at one point, but is put for a barbed wire board on the outside, so he's taken out. Kingston's knocked down off the apron. And Jericho, along with the assistance of um, Hager. So Jericho's got Brian in a half crap. Hager's using the ring rope that's been loosened, the top rope, as a um, as a noose around Brian, and Brian passes out. Aubrey Edwards calls for the bell. 22-45. Holy shit. Uh, Jericho sort of um sort of um, um this is sort of his match, similar to how um, Undisputed Era was. Uh, it was um War Games was their match. This is sort of Jericho's match. This stadium stampede. Anarchy in the yep. arena, sort of match.
1: Yeah, and what I like about the heels winning here is that it opens it up for an eventual rematch, as we know, Blood and Guts is going to be happening soon. Not sure when, but it's usually it usually happens between All Out and Double or Nothing.
0: I like the fact that um that that Tony Khan's not doing blood and guts as a um as sort of a um bow of the belts um special he's not doing it yeah. as a um as a pay-per-view or a-, a pay-per-view like you're double or nothing you're all out he's doing yeah. it as tv so the match feels like it's been built up to like it feels important yeah as opposed to wwe oh it's october we've got to do Hell in a Cell which is now in April for some reason and we've got to do war games in November because it's November. Yep. Yeah. Like that's usually my biggest peeve with WWE stipulation matches they happen because it's the pay-per-view not because of the feud. And this match yep. uh how many people would you say achieved at least a 7 on the Muda scale in this match?
1: I would say uh, yes. (laughs) How many people achieved it? Yes. (laughs) A lot.
0: Yeah, pretty Uh, much
1: everyone did.
0: So we go to a co-main event here. Uh, Shortly following this, we do get a special announcement. But co-main event here sees three-way tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. only two men illegal at once so it is the defending champs Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus who have Christian Cage ringside versus uh, Team Taz Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky and the FTW champion Ricky Starks also versing and this is their name Swerve in our glory Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland terrible team
1: name gross name (laughs) Makes no sense. Uh, yeah, so instead of basking okay, in our gl- glory, we have to swerve away from it. So basically what you want us to say is we don't appreciate your glory.
2: Why okay, Why would you say cool.
0: bask in our house? It's still a terrible name, but it makes more
1: sense. Yeah, or like Limitless House or some shit like that. I don't know. Fucking... Um yeah. swerve cat. <laughs> uh
0: Swerve Bro. Bro cat. There you go. That yeah, bro cat. Yeah. Book yeah. It. Um Taz is on commentary for this one? Yes. Because yes. he's not ringside. Um Taz doesn't really spend a lot of time ringside for the team Taz matches. Is it just no. because Taz is so injured they don't want him down there.
1: Yeah, and he always joins commentary for his ma- for the matches. Like he joined commentary for Hookhausen, he joined commentary for this.
0: Yeah. Um Yeah, yeah, he did. Um so this here this is sort of the match where I just went done with tag team rules. Yeah. Because I'll either have it as a um sort of a three-way dance triple threat tag team match where one person's legal from each team. You yeah. can still have somebody roll to the outside. You can still hit double team moves. You can still have uh, odd men working together. Yeah. And, you know, because if you're going to do a tag team match that descends into, like, a um tornado match, why not make it that... <laughs> To begin with, and yep yes, it's my complaint about AEW. A lot of their tag team matches, the Bucks was warranted tonight because it's a Bucks match, so I let that slide against the Hardys. The six man tag was built up as a blood feud. The Danhausen match was comedy and it was mostly one person at a time. Uh, the six person in agenda match sucked, and I've already said it sucked, yeah, because of Sammy. Um, the Jericho Appreciation Society match was the Anarchy in the Arena tag match, and this is the last tag match for the titles. Yeah. If, if it was something different, or, you know, you wanted to do a tornado match or a three-way dance to make yourself different from so many other tag matches tonight, that's fine. But you sort of, by this point, you're sort of just going, what's the point of having a tag rope? What's the point of doing tags when you've got four people in the ring at once, and you're not calling for one man. Yeah. Other than that, uh, the work rate of all these guys, really good. Um, And did you notice who didn't get pinned?
1: Uh, I can't remember who got pinned in the end. Who didn't get pinned? Team Taz. Yeah, good. Because they should have... Yeah, I I predicted Team Taz to win this because I'm done with Jurassic Express. Team Taz are great.
0: I'm sort of done with them too. I would have given it to Team Taz because you can then split off um, Lee and Swerve to feud with Team Taz if that's how you want to keep going for another match or... Because I feel like Jurassic Express is done. I feel like Jungle Boy should be moving to either TNT or world title picture. Because yep. it feels like we're four years in now. This is the start of the fourth year of um events, at least. And yep. he sort of feels like he's sort of in the same spot as when he started. They've just swapped out Marco Stunt for Christian Cage.
1: Yeah. Oh, R.I.P. Marco Stunt. <laughs> I miss him. Speaking
0: um, of GCW...
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Joey Janela setting his foot on fire?
1: Oh, yeah. Gross. And also, why didn't they have a fire extinguisher there? What the fuck? Just well, passing the bottles of water?
0: Given some of the other... um. Rumours that came out the past week That uh, no one seemed to confirm yet uh, It kind of doesn't surprise me
1: Ah, the um, fake COVID test rumours Yes Yeah, um, if that's true Fuck GCW (laughs) Like seriously But who knows Yeah. Um, Yeah
0: So from there we go on to the main event But hang on it's Andrade in his office, and he calls everyone in his team losers. Yep. <laughs> Fuck you, Andrade family office. Yep. Who's even?
1: He's got left a there? point though. <laughs> He's got a point.
0: Um, I'm not saying but... he doesn't, but who's even left there? You've got Butcher, Blade, and Bunny.
1: Yeah, uh, private party. <laughs> oh no. Yeah.
0: And who else? And Helico. Uh, Jack Evans uh,
1: I think yeah I think so but I think Jack Evans isn't in the company anymore I'm not sure about Ann Okay
0: Yeah so uh he's sort of saying to somebody that he uh saying to his um I can't remember his manager's name um uh no. Jose, Jose
1: oh, the is? assistant yeah
0: Okay I thought that I'm just like no, that's a WWE thing. Because <laughs> the connotations and everything. Anyhow, he says to Jose to get the door, and who walks in?
1: Roosh. Roosh, yeah. What a surprise that was.
0: Our Toro Blanco. So he goes to offer his hand. Uh, Andrade goes for the handshake, but then Roosh does the fist.
1: Yeah,
2: and
0: so does Andrade. And if you know your ah uh, your faction history, especially of a uh, Mexico and a certain uh, dare upon <laughs> promotion, you know exactly where that's going.
1: Yeah, so that's cool. I'm hey, hoping it has something to do with next month's pay per view. If you know, is I mean.
0: next month uh, Forbidden Door? Yep. Ah, Forbidden Door may be very uh tranquilo
1: how good would that be
0: oh i mean it has happened in new japan a few times <laughs> anyhow <laughs> before we uh give too much away there uh, cm punk versus the champion hangman adam page for the aw world championship so by this point in the night the pay-per-view's gone 4 hours the pre-show's gone an hour. We are five hours deep. Alex, how are you? And uh, I believe you said you were you watching with Warwick or just talking to Warwick uh, while this is all going on.
1: Uh with Warwick, um, with Warwick and Ryan actually. So, g'day, uh, Ryan. <laughs> g'day, Ryan. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, what actually ended up happening? Uh, I we never really spoke about it, but what ended up happening was that there was a noticeable, like, energy drop in the room. Like, towards the end, like, we weren't as talkative. So, yeah, you could tell there was a bit of of fatigue going
2: on. Oh.
0: Yeah, uh, I'll be honest. I watched this match uh, this morning. I got to midnight last night and just went, nope, nope it's yeah. still like another well, half hour of the show nope
1: this this pay-per-view felt so long man it's just like i loved it i yep. thought i I was so excited for the main event but yeah this i was done i was completely done by the, by the time match, this match started match
0: number 13 of the evening now tony said he was trying to avoid playoff uh what was it Game seven in some playoff series, I believe it was basketball. Do you know if um
2: yeah
1: the basketball
0: finished early or anything?
1: Um yeah, apparently it finished before Anarchy in the arena or something like
0: that. Oh, okay. So yeah. it finished heaps early. Yeah, yeah. Well I guess uh that sort of um it sort of saved, yeah, those three bigger matches for, for late, so they couldn't really cut too much time, I
2: guess. Yeah,
0: but uh, we have uh, CM Punk come out first, and there's loud Sam Punk chants. Uh, Hangman comes out next, loud cowboy shit chants. They sort of uh get in each other's faces as the bell rings. Uh, Paul Turner here, the uh, referee. I love that touch of a senior referee having broadcaster's name <laughs> in your ref
1: name. What a novel concept!
0: What naming your referees so your fans know who to blame when a decision goes wrong.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like
0: the AFL. Eston Hayes. Ex-Umpire that I can't name because our club got in trouble for complaining about the umpires one year. Anyhow, (laughs) we actually did. We got fired a
1: lot. Whilst we spend um, a second here talking about footy, fuck you Mason Cox and your stupid sunglasses. Go to hell.
0: Do you see he has a Kurt Angle glove? (laughs) Oh god. It's a thing with Collingwood forwards; they wear a glove so they can mark the ball easier.
1: Yeah, yeah. Anyhow. Well, fuck him and his glasses, looking like he's about to dance with Too Cool and Rikishi. <laughs> fuck you, man.
0: Uh, don't you worry. You know someone who was happy with that result?
1: Al <laughs> uh, Warwick.
0: <laughs> Why? Who's he go for? for? Collingwood. Uh, yeah. God. I was going to say yeah. my father long-suffering St Kilda supporter. <laughs> so I've moved <to laughs> slightly higher on the ladder.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, as much as I would like my team to do well, I I would I would rather St Kilda get a flag soon.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, given that since I've been born, I've seen Eston win. I've seen North Melbourne win. I've seen Geelong win. I've seen uh Footscray Western Bulldogs win. <laughs> I'm still weighing on St Kilda.
1: Yeah, well fucking you saw Richmond fucking win after all that time. Sydney Melbourne. Yeah, Sydney. Sydney. Yeah. Carlton. Yeah, well 1995 we were barely alive, but we were alive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Yes, this is not footy Oz style.
1: No. No, this is the monthly football wrap. Um. Oh goodness, could you imagine?
0: Anyhow, <laughs> back to this match. Um, did you happen to catch? There was some weird chant. Uh, like they'll go and CM Punk, and then something for Hangman, but I couldn't quite pick it up here.
1: I'm not exactly sure, Arthur, but I do remember at one point they would say there was a "fuck you, Hangman, cowboy, shit" chant.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I remember the cowboy shit one because commentary <laughs> brought up, they're chanting what we're all thinking. And I heard, fuck you, Hangman. And I'm like, maybe not that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: goodness. Um, um,
1: Hangman's facials in this match were top-notch. Uh, the way he was able to tell a story with just his eyes and his face were fantastic. You could slowly see throughout the duration of this match, the frustration, the confliction coming over his face, and he did a tremendous job of telling that story.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And he's also um, tried for the go-to-sleep at one
1: point. Yep. Um, Punk tried for the buckshot, which... uh, Wasn't good. Didn't go well, and he said in the post-show yeah. media scrum, uh, "Remind me to never try a buckshot again." <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Hangman at one point tweaks his knee, and he's the ref. Uh, so Punk picks up Hangman after he tries for a, a buckshot, and he's flying his legs. He hits Paul Turner. Paul Turner's down because uh, they were brawling on the outside. He put Punk through the timekeeper's tail. So Paul Turner had set the belt on the ring apron. Mm. So now Paul Turner's down in the ring. Um, Hangman gets down, sort of low blows Punk, I believe. And then the low blow him or just hit him. I think he might have short lariat him because they brought up Stan Hansen.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a lariat.
0: Yeah. And then he notices the belt. He goes to pick it up and he's yelling at him in the corner. Come on, come on, get up. And then he sort of looked at. It. I don't know if he caught his reflection in the belt, or if that's what they were trying to impose. Yeah. And he just, he just sort of took a glance at himself and just threw it down and just went nut and tried for the buckshot of the lane. His knee gives out. Punk picks him up. GTS one, two, three. And I thought for sure Hangman was going to kick out of that one, but no. Hangman has been defeated. CM Punk is your new AEW World Champion.
1: Yeah, uh, I I thought this match was great. Um, I think CM Punk has proven every single pay-per-view. He comes out and has a banger of a match. Um, I thought this was another banger. I think this might have been CM Punk's worst pay-per-view match for AEW, but that doesn't mean it's bad um yeah
0: yeah um now that it's over the hangman reign credit to him going with it credit for hangman sort of trying to carry the company on his back but i don't know if this worked in hindsight
1: no it didn't it didn't the story to it's get was- like
0: no rip ripped the band-aid off this didn't fucking work
1: no it was it was shit house. Uh, <laughs> The, the story to get him there was fucking fantastic. But that's the problem with AEW. They know how to tell a fantastic story of a babyface getting to the title. It's just what's next that they never get right. And I, I think Sam Punk is going to be the exception to the rule. Because I think this is the one babyface champion they've had that they will actually let tell a lengthy story on the mic. Yeah. So I think this will be a great run. I think it's a great idea to put the belt on Punk. There's a bit of facial recognition to the casuals with this dude. He's a known name. He's pretty much stolen the show at every pay-per-view, so why not put the belt on him? And, yeah, he, he tells a story every feud he gets. The... Every single feud is told has been a in-depth emotional story, except for the Hangman feud, because Hangman doesn't tell deep stories anymore. Um so yeah, I think this is the best move for AEW. And I'm excited to see what's who Sam Punk gets at Forbidden Door. Are we gonna do champion versus champion? Are we getting punk versus Okada? Punk Tanahashi. Punk Osprey, so
0: no. oh, the... well, Osprey's injured at the moment.
1: Okay, well, Osprey tweeted this morning like lyrics from a cult, of, from cult of personality. So well, I was.
0: Osprey think... does have a habit of coming back real early too, though. Yeah, going to be out nine months with this neck injury. Comes back in like four.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, why'd you strip me of the title? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, no, was, no. I was only gone for a month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the idea of Punk being champion is the best move for the expansion of AEW. You yeah. gotta have it on your biggest draw, and he is the biggest draw. Um, his, in hindsight, he's not even that old. No. He, he's 43 like AJ Styles is around the same age Yeah do you I think, think AJ Styles is older actually anyway. He is cuz
0: he was in Yeah,
1: yeah he's 44
0: Oh only a year older
1: Yeah so okay. like Brand- Randy Orton was bloody is carrying a company around like a couple of years ago around the same age as this. So yeah, why not?
0: Yeah. Um, are you surprised we got no casino battle Royale?
1: Uh, yeah. So Tony said on the media scrum that basically, um, it was for the best that they didn't do the casino battle Royale because it would have chewed up even more time. Would have been an even longer pay per view, especially because sure they've, especially because they've changed the casino battle royal format to just being a flat out royal rumble. Yeah. Uh Um. So yeah, he's like, uh it was either we have. He flat out said it was either going to be Kylo Riley and Darby Allen being one of. 21, 1 and 2 of 21 in a battle royal or you just give them the spotlight to try to steal the show. And I think he chose wisely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough too. Um, do you think given uh, the reports that uh, are is on the outs of um, WOW Women of Wrestling, before that thing's even launched fully, with uh, backstage reports coming out of training uh, stuff was said that uh, others didn't agree with. Do you think Mm. AJ Lee leaves and comes to AEW? I hope so. Can she still wrestle? Or is her neck that damaged that she won't?
1: There's rumours about her injury, but you never know. You never know. Fucking Edge is a wrestler still, or now. It's 2022. We all thought Edge was done 10 years ago, 11 years ago. So you never know. The amount of wrestlers that have had supposedly career-ending injuries and now they're wrestling in 2022, Edge, Christian, Brian, you look at it, there's a lot. And who knows? Maybe AJ's gotten better. But... Yeah, I do think it is – if she is going to wrestle again, Tony Khan needs to be throwing out that checkbook and making sure that the main people he's signing from now on are women. That's what he needs to focus on, building the women's division.
0: Do you think in the next two years there will be women's tag team championships in AEW?
1: No. No? I don't think there's any need for it.
0: You don't uh, think there's enough roster there for it? I don't
1: think any company has ever done a women's tag division correctly.
0: Impact? In the early early stages?
1: I mean, within a year, Eric Young was Knockout's tag champ. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I would argue that it's never been done well, so just don't fucking do it. Just stay away from it. I think the fact that they've got a mid-card women's division title, like, that is innovative. That is something we've never seen before, and that's something they should really hone in on. Um, Yeah, yeah. The rumours going around about the trio's belts coming soon, that's... Exciting, the men. Yeah, um, when you've got so many trios on your roster, it's it makes sense. It's like, oh, finally, yes, yeah, a belt for fucking the House of Black. That's who I would give it to.
0: Death Triangle.
1: Or Death Triangle. Fucking Pack can finally hold a belt in this company.
0: Packs, uh. Visa apparently still requires him to go home every couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, it's so annoying. It's you just can't get invested in anything he does because you know he's not going to be there half the time.
0: Can't Tony like help out with his visa? Yeah. So we can get him there more frequently, please?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Do something.
0: Yeah. Oh, boy. um, I think that's about it for today. We'll be back next month talking Forbidden talk.
1: <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. well, the weekly wrestling wrap will return next month.
0: <laughs> no, no, it'll be back next week. Uh, thank you, as always, Alex. Uh, so, you mentioned uh, you've done a bit of stuff on the, uh, the Sid podcast. What's uh, the last couple of episodes been?
1: Uh, yeah, so um, the last episode that should be out by the time this is released is a prediction, sort of preview of Double or Nothing. Um, yeah, you can just check it out at Sid underscore pod or just follow me on Instagram and Twitter at is Alex to find out more information. But the most important thing is to check us out at WrestleOzStar with an AUS on Instagram and Twitter, and then search us up on Facebook, WrestlingOzStar. Chris, on the other hand, is at?
0: at I'm Chris Funder on Twitter. You can come tell me why I suck at giving the wrestling views. You, <laughs> uh, you come watch me game on Twitch when my Twitch wants to work sometimes. It's being a pain in the ass right now. Twitch.tv slash Chris Funder. You can go back, listen to the Wrestling All Star Archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or using the RSS feed found the show notes below for your podcast choice, including Apple. Nothing left to say, but good day, and we'll speak to you next time.
1: My father said, when I was younger, hard times be better, man. Better man! Took it all away, You took it all away. Built my kingdom, here to change the game, I'm better made of pain. I am my kingdom, now yeah. Something, something, to my name, but not my dreams.
2: Give it all
1: away, I give it all away. I am my
2: kingdom.
1: You're welcome, humans. Everyone is bleeding out of their ears now. How'd that happen? I don't know.